I'm Nick Jimenez, and this is the Cigar Snob Podcast. If you are an active uh, cigar smoker on social media, then there's a good chance that you've been seeing references to or trailers for a documentary called Hand Rolled. The film is still in production, but so far we know that the people behind the movie have done interviews with some of the cigar world's heavy hitters. I recently had a chance to talk to one of the film's producers, Steve Garabine, about how the project was born, who was behind it, and how they're going about telling the story of premium cigars. Before we get into the interview, though, we've got to pay the bills, so here's a word from this episode's sponsor, Safra Rum. At Cigar Snob Magazine, we know that man cannot live on water alone, which is why we keep a healthy stockpile of Safra Rum at the office. I'm Nick Jimenez, Senior Editor of Cigar Snob Magazine, and I'm here to tell you that every time we crack open a bottle of Safra Rum, we are impressed. In fact, I'm kind of hydrating with Safra Rum right now. It's unlike anything else, in part because of Safra's small batch approach. They use only hand-cut sugarcane and process it into top-grade molasses, distill in column stills, and ferment in a proprietary locally grown yeast. The rum master then ages the virgin rum in carefully selected bourbon oak casks. The end result is a rum masterpiece that's great for top shelf cocktails, drinking it on the rocks, or even just drinking it neat, which, by the way, is what we did when we paired this in the pages of Cigar Snob Magazine with the Oliva Serie B Melanio. But it goes great with just about any cigar. Here's what we had to say about Safra Rum. Quote, the rum introduces smooth, honey, caramel, and molasses flavors that start to complement the coffee, chocolate, and spice from the cigar. Safra also received an exceptional 95-point rating from the Beverage Tasting Institute, so we are not the only ones who are crazy about this stuff. It's just another one of their prestigious awards. Ask for Safra Rum at your favorite retailer, restaurant, or bar. Make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Safra Rum. That's Z-A-F-R-A rum safra rum always drink responsibly and remember that there is no rum without safra all right now on to the interview with steve garabine about the forthcoming film hand rolled so thank you for uh for this call man i appreciate it um let's uh let's start with a bit about uh you and the other people who are behind the project um what what can you tell me about the, the people who are who are producing this film and and your background as it relates to cigars uh, have, have you guys been uh, is this a group of smokers is it a group that was sort of introduced to a lot of this world through this process how did you all get into this yeah so primarily uh, it's me uh, and my partner Jesse Marriott who uh, we're co-directors and you know we've been uh, commercial filmmakers for a while and uh, we we just had this uh, this thought one day that you know like Let's do something interesting. Let's, uh, you know, shake things up a little bit. And uh, we wanted to do a documentary, and we, we went through a, a whole litany of, of items that we would potentially want to do a documentary on. And, and we thought, well, what's something that we're really passionate about and we really enjoy? Um, and let's see if there's anything out on that. And so we racked our brains and, you know, thought about a few things. Uh, you know, he and I both have a few passions of coffee, like coffee and, and uh, you know, bourbon and and cigars, when we when we thought, dude, there's literally nothing uh, on the cigar world, nothing that's well produced, uh, nothing that's of high quality. You know, you can, you can you can jump on Netflix, you can jump on Hulu, and there's so much um, out there on you know spirits and um, 
coffee and, and all this stuff, but there's just nothing out there on, on the cigar industry, at least nothing current and relevant. And so we thought, you know, we've been smoking for about, about 10 years at that point. Um, and, uh, and we thought, dude, we, we love this industry. Let's, let's, let's explore it and let's see, um, let's see if we could do a documentary on it. So we just started putting out a little, a, a few dealers here and there. Um, we, we went to the uh, IBCPR in 16, um, and met a few people, you know, shook a few hands and, and just, you know, kind of feel of whether this would be well received. And, um, it certainly, it certainly seems that it would be. And, and so that's just where it took off from there. So we're not technically in the industry at all whatsoever. Uh, we're completely coming from, coming from outside. We're just, you know, we were just casual, uh, smokers and, you know, we had, we had a few little collectible items that we smoked on special occasions, but nothing, nothing I would say uh, that was terribly, terribly uh, serious back then. Yeah. So when when you first started to bounce this idea off of people in the industry, whether at IPCPR or, or any other settings, what was some of the initial reaction that you got and, and who were some of the people who were most receptive to, to the idea and to the idea of, of involving themselves and supporting the project? You know, um, initially the, the IPCPR themselves um, sort of got on board. They let us come in uh, with press passes and they even uh, some of the folks like Matt Degali and uh, Rachel, they, they took us around the show before and uh, they even introduced us to some of the manufacturers. So I would say initially their um, their support was paramount to us even starting this because um, it, it gave us a leg to stand on. You know, when, when, when you're brand new, when nobody knows who you are and you just show up to a convention, you know, people thought we were, you know, people just thought we were, uh, one of the small little startup bloggers that are just trying to, you know, get free stuff. And we were like, you know, we're, we're not looking for any handouts. We don't want any free cigars. We don't want anything like that. And so, which you can't um, blame them for. I mean, if you, if you went to the trade oh, show, you know, just sure. how much of that there is there, which there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but there it's, it's a very, uh, especially considering the size, how small the industry really is. It's incredible how much of that blogger community there is. So exactly, exactly. And so we, we didn't even take a camera with us on the show before we just, we literally just walked around and, and met people and talked to them and uh, and try to get a, a sense of, of how um, how well received something like this would be. And so uh, I would say most, I would say every single manufacturer that we talked to um, thought it would be a good idea, you know, um, and was receptive to the idea and gave us a little bit of their time, which um, you know was surprising to us because they're they're really busy those days, you know, uh, while they're at the IPCPR. They you know they don't take a lot of time to. Uh, uh, to chat outside of, uh, of doing business and, you know, talking. Uh, the fact that they gave us, you know, most of them gave us at least five to 10 minutes to just sit and chat. And, uh, and so that was a, that was a huge win we felt. And so, um, and, uh, and even, uh, especially Pete Johnson, you know, we almost didn't even, uh, he was so busy during the whole convention. We almost didn't even, uh, stop in to chat with him. Cause that, that was one of our things. We didn't want to interrupt anybody. And we just went to manufacturers as we saw they weren't, you know, inundated with people. And so right after we were leaving the showroom on the last day, he was basically by himself in a corner and, and, and walked up and said, Hey, and introduced ourselves and uh, told him about what we were doing. And he, he was uh, ecstatic. And so that's sort of where uh, he met Jesse uh, and me and uh, sort of got on board with the project initially. Now a few other manufacturers have got on board as well, which is awesome, but uh, he was certainly the first. Sure. So, over the course of, that was about when, sorry if you already mentioned this, but that was which IPCPR that you met at? 
16. Okay, so over over the course of the you know roughly year and a half or so uh, since uh-huh. then, what was has the concept of the the, the documentary changed very much? Well, how did you start in your heads and and where did you, where have you ended up now? Yeah, so you know back if you if you recall back to 2016, um, we we made sort of a, a mock trailer that we had put up just to show people just to get them an idea of what we were looking to do quality wise um, and narrative wise and and um, so back then we were heavily focused on all of the uh, FDA stuff, you know, uh, because it was a huge, it's what everybody was talking about. And so we sort of jumped in right when that was, um, you know, the heavy topic of conversation. And even the retailers that we reached out to initially, they were all talking about the FDA stuff. And so um, our initial sense was that, you know, we need to try to uh, tell people about what's going on with the FDA. And then as we, as things sort of mellowed from there over the, over the last year and a half, um, and we actually started production, we, you know, talking to a few people, we were like, let's do something that's actually going to be interesting after 2016, you know, after 2017, after this whole uh, FDA hype is resolved and settled, uh, you know, we don't want to make something dated. So we really kind of backed off of that. Um, and we figured, you know, if, if, if we can, uh, if somebody that watches this, let's say they just, you know, throw it up on Netflix uh, when they're bored one, one evening, you know, and they watch this and all they get out of it is that a cigar is a completely different thing than a cigarette, then we've done our job uh, and we want it. So that's, that's sort of the, the, the feeling that we want to leave people with. We, we've even titled the, the movie Hand Rolled um, because we want to really put an emphasis on the human element, uh, how many people are involved in the process and just really show that it's, it's, it's a beautiful handcrafted industry um, and it's nothing like cigarettes and it's nothing like, you know, other tobacco products that are, you know, chemically made or machine made or what have you. Yeah. So you guys are, you guys are in LA and, and originally at least the, uh, you know, you, you kind of started open to other ideas. So I imagine that over the course of this whole process, you know, whether it's, uh, other people in the, in, in the film industry or other people in LA have sort of, you know, you, you've bounced this idea off of them or they've gotten wind of it, uh, What's the reaction been from people outside of the cigar community? Because I, I have to imagine that, you know, the FDA thing has at its root what is, at least in some places, kind of a popular sentiment of just like, let's keep, you know, sort of forcibly pushing cigars out. Um, have you have you sort of had come across detractors or people who are not crazy about the idea of sort of uh, putting the focus on the romantic uh and, and the craftsmanship aspects of cigar making? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the reason that we find people like that is because they don't know about that aspect of it. Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, I haven't encountered anybody, after, you know, after having watched even just our short trailer or having had, you know, a 30 second to a minute long conversation that, uh, that has been, that has been as opposed to it as before watching or, or having that conversation. And, and the reason is because, you know, when we meet, uh, when we meet people and they're like, you know, Oh my God, why would you do a documentary on, on cigars and especially a positive one, you know, and then you, you start telling them, you know, how many people are involved in the process and, and what the process takes. And, you know, you show them a little bit of footage of having been out on the farms and talking to people and rollers and, and everything that their whole, their whole mood and idea sort of changes after that point, because it, it's, it's really just a matter of, uh, of, Ignorance. I, mean, I don't think it's necessarily willful ignorance. I think it's just um, a result of sort of growing up in a culture where you're taught, you know, tobacco's 
terrible and we want to eradicate it from the product uh, planet and you know all the products are this are the same whether it's cigarettes or cigars or um, you know vape or hookah or whatever it is they're all terrible for you and 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 so once once we get a glimpse that it's not uh, everything that's always made been made out to be people are a lot more receptive to the idea and again especially adding the human element like for us we found that was that was so paramount to people just being accepting of um of the content of the film you know people are always uh receptive to a human story you know to to a humanized story and for us that's what we that's what we want to bring uh to the fold is humanizing the industry putting a face to the industry you know it's easy to hate big tobacco it's easy to hate corporate you know uh lobbyists and 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 uh, you know the big tobacco folks but it's it's really hard uh to to hate uh, the face of a person um that's that's working and put, has put their life in this crap in this thing that they've, they've spent their whole life perfecting it so um that's what we're, we're trying to bring to the fold here sure so you know i i imagine based on the <clears throat> excuse me on the trailers and uh some of the content that i've seen online that this is very sort of uh, an interview-based thing. Like you said, you're sort of humanizing cigars, and I, I know that you've uh, spoken to a, a whole bunch of cigar makers uh, and also people who are sort of on the uh, in the satellite or cottage industries that, that surround cigars. Um, what have for you all, uh, or maybe for you personally, um, what have been some of the more surprising experiences that you've had? Uh, you know, because you, you sort of go into it having some sense of, of what you're going to get uh, of what the story is going to be, but I, I wonder whether you know you've been maybe in the middle of shooting an interview or or, or something like that and been caught off guard by um, you know whether it was something somebody said or or maybe uh, you know how how you know uh, how interesting a particular person was or what somebody brought to the story that you didn't see them that you didn't see coming or some of the surprises throughout the process so far. Man, there there have been so many. Um... I will say, uh, just to, to, to touch on your earlier point, we have uh, interviewed a lot of uh, of the greats of the industry so far, uh, but we've also, and, and it, you don't necessarily see it through our trailer yet because we don't have everything translated, but uh, we've also interviewed, you know, down down to just farm workers. We, we literally, uh, we were in Nicaragua last, uh, last January around this time, actually, and we're actually flying back out there on Sunday. Um, we were, we were in Nicaragua and it was a Saturday when a lot of farms, a lot of people didn't work on the farms. And um, we just decided to go out and see if we can find any farmers. And, and we pulled up to a random farm. And I honestly, to this day, don't know which manufacturer it's from or who it is. Uh, we kind of purposely didn't check because we didn't want to be biased. We didn't want, you know, we didn't want to ask those type of questions. And we certainly didn't want to, uh, you know, we, we wanted to be able to speak candidly with farmers without them feeling like they had, uh, you know, somebody looking over their shoulder or something, you know, and so we, we, we offered them a ride home and, uh, and some lunch and we just did a, a little, asked them if we could do just a short interview and see where they lived and see, you know, um, the houses. And, and to me, I was expect, I, I didn't know exactly what to expect going in, but I, I just knew that I wanted to get, um, truthful statements and I didn't want, um, I didn't want them to feel like they had to say really good things about the industry. So we went down we went to their houses and, and uh, we sort of interviewed five ladies just uh, sitting in the courtyard of their houses and, you know, just asking them, uh, you know, how they felt about their work. And, and obviously, I mean, to no surprise, it's, it's, it's laborious work, you know, it's, uh, it's warming, it's, it's tough, but each and every one of them told us that, you know, if it wasn't for the tobacco uh, industry that was there uh, for the folks that, that treated them well, 
um, uh, they were they had clinics to go to when they were sick. Um, they would have nothing. They, you know, I asked them, what, what would you what would you have to do if the uh, tobacco industry wasn't here? And one of the ladies said, you know, I'd probably have to go back to farming tomatoes, which was way more backbreaking and paid a lot less. And um, and, you know, I couldn't I couldn't live off of it, but it'd probably be what I had to do. And so, you know, for us, that was really surprising because I, I expect them to, you know, to sort of uh, to open up a little bit more and, and, and be critical. But none of them were really critical about it. They all said, you know, this is something that we need. Um, in, in our town and we, and we need this to survive, you know, and, and we're talking about uh, the bottom, the bottom of the food chain, as it were, you know, uh, over there in, in the industry, you know, the lowest, uh, least skilled positions that uh, the industry has to offer, sure. you know, and, and they're, they're talking about how uh, they absolutely need these jobs and how devastated they would be without them. And so for us, that was a huge eye opening thing. And it's kind of the point where we, where, where we realized like this industry is actually doing a net good, um, in the lives of the people that are uh, that are involved in creating it, and um, and so that that was a huge thing for us. Obviously, there's been numerous times throughout interviews where I've been surprised, but I would say that was the one that stuck out, that stuck out the most to me yeah. personally. So, um, aside from all of the the interviews uh, with people who are involved in actually making uh, and maybe even selling and distributing cigars, I know that the documentary gets into a bit of for for lack of a better term, the the smoker side or the consumer side, um, yeah. And so, what for the that's not something that I think you know um, you get a sense in the trailers yet for how it figures into the way you guys tell the story. Uh, what would you say? And again, I'm especially interested in how you think uh, non-smokers have perceived it if if they've seen some of the footage so far. What are some of the takeaways that a non-smoker might have from the way that uh, American or or other smokers figure into the story. I know you've spoken to uh, Delicia the Cigar Vixen, Berta Bravo, both of whom are sort of, you know, um, on the fringes of the industry itself, but not actually making or selling cigars. Uh, Jim Jackson. Yeah. So w- what what does a non-smoker take from what uh, from the movie about what it's like to be a smoker or or how that you know uh, how that world sort of functions? You know, one of the one of the reoccurring themes um, that we hear from from the smoker side, from the consumer side, has been um, just that. Uh, and I can't remember exactly who said this, but some something along the lines of you know, um, whether it was Jim or, or somebody else that said that cigars are like the great equalizer, you know, and and that you know you get in a room um, with a bunch of people, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, you can sit down around a cigar and just you know enjoy it for that time and you know have great conversation and it sort of forces you uh it it forces you in a sense to to sit back and relax and spend the next hour you know decompressing um and and uh getting your mind off the day or the week or whatever it might be and so for for us you know with with the consumer side what we what we're trying to show is that um you know people that are smoking are not uh we're, we're trying to dispel some of the myths that maybe that, that, you know, have been shown in TV um, over the course of, of the years, you know, where it's always like the bad guy smoking a cigar or something like that. And just show like, you know, you've got everywhere from the highest uh, rungs of society to just normal everyday people enjoying the cigar um, and oftentimes together. And it's something that brings people together and it, it relaxes people. And it's not this, um, you know, 
it's not this crazy vice that, you know, you get addicted to and you can't stop doing. It's something that people enjoy almost in the way, in much the same way that they enjoy wine or, you know, other, uh, you know, other, other meticulous crafted, you know, uh, goods. So that's, that's what we're trying to show from the consumer side. You know, again, in this attempt to humanize the industry, uh, you know, we're trying to show it from all angles, from, from the producer side, um, to the worker side, to the consumer side, uh, retail side, uh, you know, every, every aspect that we can, um, kind of show. And, and this is, uh, it's been, it's been crazy and it's going to be interesting to see how this whole story comes together. Um, there are some unknowns for us. We have about 30% of production, um, remaining. Uh, we're, we're, like I said, we're going to Nicaragua in a couple of days here and, um, we'll be going to the DR and probably Cuba as well in the next month or so. So ironing out all those details. And so, um, you know, the story still has uh, a little bit left to unfold, but you know, uh, it, it has been very eye opening uh, from all sides. All right. So, uh, before we get into some of the more pluggy type stuff, uh, over the course of this process, I have to imagine considering all the people that you've talked to for the movie, uh, you've, smoked some things that you hadn't smoked before. I figure you're going to have a little bit of bias here, uh, but I'll ask anyway, what are some of the excluding things that you had smoked before all this production process? What are some of the, the standout cigars for you? Man, that's a tough one. Uh, I try not to answer that question very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, cause it, there's just so much, you know, there's so much awesome stuff out there. Uh, you know, I would say some, uh, you know, we, we randomly, when we were in Nicaragua last year, we randomly met, uh, like Nick Malilo of Foundation Cigars, you know, and, um, I hadn't even, I hadn't even heard of him, uh, to that point. Um, and then I, you know, we come to find out his story and I, I say randomly, like we literally met him in the co- in a coffee shop in Esteli and, um, he just overheard us talking about, uh, cigars and I saw that he was editing something for a cigar on his computer and we just struck up a conversation. Um, and, you know, uh, since then we've gone out to visit him out in Connecticut and, you know, film with him for a while. And, you know, so, you know, his, his, his tabernacle is, you know, one of my favorites, um, you know, as like, a, as like a daily smoke. And, uh, you know, that, that one, I would say, you know, to your, to your question of something that you've never tried or heard of before, that was, you know, pretty awesome. Um, also in the course of, uh, in the course of just randomly meeting people and hanging out, you know, um, I would say I've had a couple of KSAs in the last year, which I never thought I'd get my hands on. Um, those yeah. were pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, otherwise, you know, uh, we've had some pretty awesome rare tatuajes, uh, that we've gotten to smoke with Pete, some of the stuff that, um, he hasn't released, uh, that's been aging. And that was, that was also pretty awesome, but you know, that said, there's just been so much good stuff that we've tried in the last year that it's hard to just, I guess those are some of the rarer or more random sort of ones that stick out yeah, I, at I, the moment. I know I said that would be the last question before the pluggy stuff, but I, <laughs> I, I do want to get one other thing in because it, it just occurred to me. Uh, over the course of this process, you know, and, and I don't really have a sense of who in the, in the cigar industry you had, you know, spoken to before this idea uh, ever came up in your heads, but I, you know, it sounds like you sort of began to meet some of these characters after this, right? It wasn't like you sort of were socially intertwined. We, li- with- we literally, we literally knew nobody. We, 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 we knew our local tobacconist. We had met him, I think, once prior to this. So, you know, so I'm, lo- I'm looking at some of the people you spoke with and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm noticing that you, uh, you spoke with the Padrones, 
you spoke yep. with, uh, obviously with Pete, and I imagine that, um, uh, you know, brought you in touch with the Garcias. Um, mm-hmm. How, if at all, maybe this is sort of, uh, you know, maybe there's really not much of an answer here. I know with Beta, uh, how, if at all, did this whole process uh, change your perspective or what are some, did you hear things that you hadn't heard before or, or whatever about Cuba? Because it's, even if you're not talking about Cuban cigars, it's difficult to have this conversation without talking Cuba. Uh, so yeah. what was that aspect of it like? You know, um, that's a very interesting question. We've, and we've been, we've been really going back and forth, uh, sort of in our meetings and talk and how we would present Cuba because, um, we interviewed we interviewed a guy named Joel and uh, on the lifestyle and I think he 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 said something that sort of resonated and almost in very few words encapsulates. Is this uh sorry is exactly this uh, Joel feels. Joel Wilbur? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, a, in a short phrase, he encapsulated almost exactly how I feel about this, and, and he said, you know, the best the best and worst cigars I've ever smoked are Cubans, uh, and and the way we the way we sort of want to uh show cuba in, in in light of this film is that um definitely from the historical side you have you know they are they're a giant right um and from 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 the product side they have some of the best stuff in the world but in lots of the on lots of the production side they have it seems like their quality has has decreased over the years and so what we what we basically the, the commentary um, that I think we're going to go with with Cuba is going to be something along the lines um, of that we want it. We want them to come back to their roots. You know, we want them to come back to the high quality stuff because we know that it's out there. We know that they can produce and they're producing some of it, but it seems like, you know, they're really kind of being left behind on, on some of their more production, uh, you know, the higher production stuff. You know, uh, we, we've been hearing a lot of reports from just a lot of consumers talking about how, you know, uh, a good portion of their boxes every time they, they get Cubans um, are just unsmokable. They don't draw. Um, we've heard numerous people tell us that the tobacco seems like it's still green in in the boxes once they get them. And so for us, it's like, you know, uh, you know, coming from, from outside the industry, we initially had, you know, really high regard for for Cuban cigars. And, you know, before we started the film, I, I'd only smoked a couple myself, but I just remember, I don't, I don't know if it was whether I was enamored with the idea that I was smoking something that I wasn't supposed to or whatnot. But um, I remember really enjoying the process and it was like a special occasion for us. And so, um, you know, coming to find out that, you know, people are having all these issues smoking Cubans and then in the process having smoked more and more since then seeing it myself, you know, having, you know, uh, Cubans that that don't draw, you know, I've had several of them in the the past uh, year that just, you know, I've, stop smoking a third of the way through because it was just, it was, it was a hassle more than anything. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's really going to depend a lot on whether we're able to get out there and film with people because I, there is this side of the Cuban story that we just want to show. And and I, we would love to present it in an extremely positive light, you know, and, and almost a redemptive way, you know, like almost encouraging them to get back to their roots um, is is the way we'd like to, to to portray them, because we're not trying to poo poo them or or, or badmouth the, the Cuban industry, um, but at the same time, you know, it's like when you, when you hear story after story after story of you know quality control issues and whatnot, you know, it's it's really 
it's really kind of a bummer. Sure. Yeah. And, and like you said, I, I think that's a, a great way to put it is that whole, the best and the worst, um, are Cuban out of, you know, I hesitate to say best cause there are a lot of non-Cubans that are right up there, but certainly it's, it's tough to, to beat a Cuban when it's, when all the conditions are right. Uh, exactly. Uh, exactly. I, I'm going to take a wild guess. I, I wonder whether you got your, your KSA from, uh, from Joel. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, uh, a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I met him, uh, God, it must've been maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, he had one left and I was with Eric, our publisher and he pulled rank. So <laughs> I still, <laughs> I still haven't, uh, haven't gotten into a KSA, but, uh, soon enough. Um, anyway, so, uh, so tell us, um, roughly what the timeline looks like on production. Uh, where can people get more information and how can they, uh, how can they help, uh, help you guys close the loop here? Yeah. So, uh, production wise, like I said, we're going to Nicaragua in a couple of days here. Um, we're going to be hitting the DR and Cuba, hopefully, uh, in February. Um, end of February, I think is, is the goal here. Um, and we hope to be finished with production, uh, post-production, excuse me, uh, by July. We'd, we'd like to, we're still sort of chatting with people at IPCPR, so this isn't a first sure thing, but we'd like to um, screen the film first for some of the manufacturers and some people at um, IPCPR just as like a, a thank you for everybody that's, that's just been involved with the process. You know, it's been, a, it's been a crazy ride and so many awesome people have come together to just help us out. So um, like I said, yeah, we're finishing production by beginning of March, um, end of February, and post-production, uh, we hope to be done fully with, uh, with the film by July and have it out uh, in July for, for people to watch. Excellent, man. All right, well, thank you very much. Thanks for the time. We, uh, we're really looking forward to, to watching this thing when, when it's ready. Awesome, awesome, yeah. Thanks to Steve for the time. If you have any questions, comments, or other feedback, feel free to write us at feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Google+. Make sure you also follow us on YouTube. You can find all of those links at cigarsnobmag.com. In case you missed it, episode 14 of the Cigar Snob podcast featured an interview with Klaus Peter Kellner, a Davidoff brand ambassador and son of, Hel- of Henke Kellner, from whom he has inherited the task of leading a lot of the tours on the uh, Davidoff factory floor and farming operations. So make sure you go back and check that out. As always, thanks for listening to the Cigar Snob podcast. Catch you next time.